Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 21 of Breaking Dawn, First Hunt. So where we left off, Bella became a vampire and then had sensory overload. She was just noticing everything, every speck of fucking dust, every sound coming from nearby cars. She was hearing heartbeats. She was looking at things differently and she was remarkably restrained. And then after a nice little gab sesh, They were like, maybe you should get some blood in you. And she's like, yeah, great fucking idea. So now we're going into the first hunt. Aptly named because it's the first hunt, of course. And so this Bella, I thought we just had a whole chapter of her acknowledging that she's become a vampire, coming to terms with being a vampire and all of these abilities. And she knows that she's strong and she's got all this strength. She's going to overpower Edward. And this chapter starts with her afraid of heights. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. She's standing at the window and she's staring two stories down, you know, cause they got to jump off into the forest or something. And she's like, oh my God, the window. And she says, I'd never really been afraid of heights per se, but being able to see all the details with such clarity made the prospect less appealing. Bitch, you're not going to die from heights. You just survived being on fire for three days while you were transformed into being a vampire. I'd- I don't think falling from two stories is going to kill you. You've seen vampires get killed. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. And she's like, oh no, I'm a bit afraid to step off the ledge. And Edward's like, well, it's pretty convenient to just jump out of the window bells, but I can carry you if you want me to. I think he's a bit charmed by it. Whereas I'd be like, are you fucking crazy? It's it's two stories. You're a vampire. You're going to be fine. Not even sunlight can kill you in this reality. You're pretty much indestructible. And she's like, maybe I can just walk downstairs and he's like, Renesmee and Jacob are downstairs and we sort of don't want you to kill them. And she's like, oh yeah, that. She says, right, I was the monster now. I had to keep away from scents that might trigger my wild side. And okay, her sense of smell is meant to be so good. She's meant to be able to smell someone from a mile away, but she can't smell them from downstairs. What sort of floorboards have they got in this Cullen house? Is it a panic room? Are they in a safe room? Like, how can she not smell Renesmee? She could hear the heartbeat. She can't smell Renesmee. And she has to jump out of the, the second story window instead of walking down the stairs just so she can't chance upon a human smell. Huh. And so then she's like, oh, I wonder if Renesmee and Jacob are getting along. She says, I know he doesn't like her very much. I hope Renesmee's okay with Jacob being there. And Edward's like, uh, yeah, she's fine. Um, 
we're, we're, we're not going to get into it, but I know what Jacob's thinking and let's just say she's fine. They're going to put off the big reveal that he imprinted on a baby. They're going to put that off for as long as they can, rightly so. And Edward's like, are you just stalling? Like, just jump off the fucking ledge. And then she's really conscious that Emma is standing behind her and he's chuckling under his breath because she's all worried that he's going to find it hilarious that she's transitioning into a vampire and she's being nervous about it. And he's like, oh, one mistake. And he'd be rolling on the floor laughing. She's like, oh, I don't want the jokes about the world's only clumsy vampire to start. Oh no, I better jump off this window ledge properly. So that's her main motivation for getting over her newly formed fear of heights, a fear of heights that has never been mentioned before. I love how Stephanie said she never had a fear of heights per se, trying to like convince us that, yeah, she sort of had a fear of heights this whole time. You guys just haven't noticed it. Like, yeah, Edward was running around a forest with her in his arms, climbing up trees and everything. But now, now we're mentioning that she's afraid of heights. Don't try and sneak that one past me, Steph. Don't try and sneak that one past me. So yeah, she's worried she's going to embarrass herself in front of Emmett, which is weird motivation. And then she's also noticing that she's wearing this like silky blue dress. And she's like, what was Alice fucking thinking? She's like, I didn't notice Alice giving me an old costume change while I was on my deathbed, but pretty inappropriate. And she's wearing pumps. She's wearing stilettos. And she's like, I don't need to be wearing stilettos. I'm a vampire. So Edward's like, okay, I'll just demonstrate. And he just jumps off the ledge and he lands fine. And she's like, huh, okay. Doesn't look that hard. We're a vampire. Of course it's not hard. And so then she does it. She copies him and she goes, ha, like it's a big triumph. She goes, ha, exclamation point. The ground seemed to move toward me so slowly that it was nothing at all to place my feet. Well, her shoes, her stilettos, to place my silly shoes exactly right so that landing was no different than stepping one foot forward on a flat surface, which she did used to struggle with, but okay, we'll, we'll brush past that one. So yes, this is her first big triumph as a vampire. She landed on her feet. She says, my landing seemed just as quiet as his. So she grins at Edward being like, look at me, I, I landed. And he's like, cool, that was great. Well, actually he says, Bella, that was quite graceful, even for a vampire. And so she's like blushing if she could. We're going to hear that a lot. Like, oh, I'd blush if I could. For the rest of the book, it's going to be that. And she's like, graceful? Me? (laughs) You think that I have grace? So then she says, thank you. But the word thank is in italics. So I take from that that she's genuinely expressing thanks. She's like really taken aback. Like, oh my God, thank you. And yeah, you're a vampire, bitch. Like you could do anything gracefully. I don't, I don't get it. So then she takes the shoes off. She's like, I'm not wearing stilettos. Hated them as a human. I'm going to hate them now. And then she throws them through the window back at Alice. And she's like, I don't care how much you've done for me, Alice. Take these stupid shoes. And she throws them at her. And Alice grumbles. She says her fashion sense hasn't improved as much as her balance, which is a pretty good burn. As far as burns go, Alice is throwing out the first burn. We all thought Emmett would be the one making fun of her, but now it's Alice. Sneaker surprise Alice. So then Edward grabs a hand and he starts running towards the forest. And so she goes with him and she's like, wow, this is easy. It's like, yes, doll. And then they get to the river and she's like, oh, we're going to swim through it. And he says, and ruin your pretty dress. He says, no, we're jumping. And she's like, what? And then she's all discombobulated because she's like, wow, the river's quite wide. I don't, I don't really know how I'm going to jump over it. And so she's like, okay, well, you go first then. Cause she, she's bamboozled. She's like, how can I possibly jump a far distance? So Edward runs and jumps over the river and she studies the movement. 
because she's going to have to recreate it. She's really stressed. And by the way, the dress ends up getting ruined anyway, so they may as well have just swum through the river. And he does a somersault as well while he's jumping over. And she's like, you're a show off. And so then it's her turn and she's anxious again. She says, suddenly I was anxious again, not about falling or getting hurt. I was more worried about the forest getting hurt. What the fuck? (laughs) Now she's worried about the state of some trees. (sighs) Now she's overconfident. She's so confident. She's worried she's going to destroy the forest. You know, we thought deforestation was bad for like land clearing and bushfires. Now Bella's the real threat. She's worried for the whole fucking habitat. She's worried about the state of this forest. And it's like, well, maybe just aim. Like how often have you seen Edward hit a tree? Never. She's going to come back with a twig in her hair and be like, you should see the other guy. Like she took down a whole forest. What's she talking about? I'm anxious for the forest. And she's looking around and she's like, oh, everything's looking pretty fragile. The trees, the shrubs, the rocks, they all look very fragile. (laughs) And then she goes, hoping very much that Esme was not particularly fond of any specific trees across the river, I began my first stride. Okay. Okay, let's unpack that. She's worried that Esme has a favorite tree and that she's going to destroy that tree. What are the odds that Esme has a favorite tree? Do we know that Esme's super into gardening? Is she like an elf? What, what is this connection that Esme has to trees? I'm not quite getting that. And it can't just be like a vampire thing. It's an Esme thing. So I, I don't know. I think this is like internalized sexism again. Like why Esme in particular? Why is she the green thumb? Because she's the only one that stays home all day because the others go to Forks High or the hospital. So she just stays home and looks at trees that already exist. What, what is she talking? I hope she's not particularly fond of any specific trees. What, is she a fucking hobbit? I don't get it. And then while she's going to get ready to jump over the river, her dress rips a little bit. So yeah, the dress isn't long for this world. And so then she's like, well, you know what? I'm going to rip it a little bit more. And she goes, and so she rips the dress right up to the top of her thigh. And she's like, ha. How about that, Alice? And from the house, she can hear muffled laughter and the sound of someone gritting her teeth, which is Alice. So Alice and Bella are feuding. I didn't have that on my bingo card. But then she also hears that the laughter is coming from the first floor and she recognizes it as being Jacob's laugh. And she's like, oh, Jacob's watching. Wonder what he's still doing here. She's clearly not thinking very hard about it. I mean, I, I know she would never suspect that he would imprint on a baby, but she's just like, oh, Jacob's still here. That's weird. I'd be asking the question. I mean, I know she did try and bring it up with Edward just like a few seconds ago and he sort of fobbed her off, but I'd be like, no, 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 seriously, he hates you guys. What's he doing here? And she thinks about turning around to look at Jacob, but she's like, nah, with my mood swings, I better not look at him. I don't want to get upset. Jasper's already worried that I'm going to kill someone if I don't hunt soon. So I better focus because yeah, she's, she's focusing a lot, isn't she? And I don't know how long that thought process has taken her, but Edward's on the other side of the river being like, um, do you need some help? And she's like, okay, you can do this spells. You can do this. She doesn't want Edward to demonstrate it again because, uh, you know, that would make Emmett laugh and we don't want Emmett to laugh. So she jumps over the river. It only takes an 84th of a second. Oh, brother. And here's where she says she was expecting the close packed trees to be a problem. And it's like, well, we know because you're worried you're going to kill Esme's favorite tree. But now she's like, you know what? I could just see them coming and I could just move out of their way. And then she's Tarzaning, she's swinging from tree branch to tree branch. And she's like, this is nothing. This is nothing. Esme, rest easy. I haven't murdered any trees. And so then Edward catches up to her and she's like, this is fun. And he's like, yeah, that's great. We're meant to be hunting, bitch. We're not meant to be George of the Jungling. 
And she's like, oh yeah, that's right, that's right. And he goes, all right, well, follow me. So then he runs ahead, she follows, and she's still processing the fact that she's not hitting trees. She's like, wow, I could finally understand why Edward never hit the trees when he ran. A question that had always been a mystery to me. (laughs) What? That was the mystery. That was the mystery out of everything about Edward. How come he never hit the trees? Because he's trying to avoid them, Bella. And she says, even though I'm moving so fast that everything should be a green blur, I can actually see each leaf on every branch and every shrub. So she's like, guys, rest easy. I'm not going to hit a tree. And I'm like, okay, you're not going to hit a tree. I'm resting easy. And then she also says the forest was more alive than she'd ever known. She says, small creatures whose existence I'd never guessed at teemed in the leaves around me. So she's seeing creatures that don't exist. Huh. Some newfangled discovery there that we're just glossing over. And she's like, cool. Um, But they all grow silent as she passes because animals can sense that they're vampires. She says, the animals had a much wiser reaction to our scent than humans seem to. So she's saying animals instinctively try and avoid the Cullens, whereas humans are meant to be attracted to the Cullens' scent. Except she's also said on other occasions that humans instinctively try and avoid the Cullens because they know something's wrong with the Cullens. And she's the different one because she hung out with the Cullens. I don't know. That, that seems to change chapter to chapter. But animals don't like the Cullens. And she says, I keep waiting to feel winded, but my breath came effortlessly. Yeah, that's because you don't need to breathe. So she's just running around and Edward's like, Bella, focus, come on. And she's like, ugh, what? And he says, do you want to stay in the country or are you planning to move to Canada? And she's like, yes, of course, I'm running to Canada, how hilarious. And I think she was thinking that he was genuinely asking if she wanted to move to Canada because she says, oh, it's fine here. It's like, well, it's called a joke, Bells. And she says, okay, well, what are we hunting? And he says, elk. I thought I'd pick something easy for your first time. And when he says easy, her eyes narrow. She's like, ugh, how dare you? It's like, bitch, you couldn't even jump out of a window three seconds ago. Yeah, it's okay if someone suggests something easy at first. And then she's like, actually, I'm pretty thirsty. So yeah, elk sounds great. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. 
So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So then he's like Jedi mind training her. He's like, close your eyes and just hear and be still. And she's like, okay, I'm still, I'm still. What am I listening for? And he's like, listen, listen. And then she hears everything, she says. <laughs> he says, what do you hear? And she's thinking everything. She says, I can hear your voice, your breath, your lips. I can hear birds preening their feathers. She says, I can hear the fluttering of heartbeats. She says she can hear the maple leaves scraping together. The faint clicking of ants following each other in a long line up the bark of the nearest tree. She can hear fucking ants. Wow. Okay. Those poor Cullens. I've already made fun of them for going to high school for all these years and how boring that must be for them. But also when they're hanging around all those humans, a high school full of humans, how many times do you reckon they're hearing farting? They're probably sitting in biology and can hear the principal farting at his desk. How do they ever get anything done? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so she's like, yeah, I hear everything. And he's like, I specifically want you to try and hear an elk. I don't actually want you to tell me about the ants clicking up the tree. And so then she's focusing on the elk. And she starts to hear the pumping of like a heartbeat and blood coursing through the elk's body. And she's like, oh, I've got it. I've got it. And so then she's like, okay, so I can hear them. I can smell them. What do you want me to do? And he's like, well, go kill them, doll. He says, don't think about it. Just follow your instincts. And she's like, okay. I mean, she had to get a whole instruction manual out for how to jump out of a window. But for this, all the instructions she get is just to, to follow her instincts. Like, well, you could maybe have given her a brief, Edward. So she's just sniffing around the forest. She's sniffing, sniffing, sniffing. She's centering her focus around the scent of the male. This deer is now only 30 yards away from her and she's getting ready to leap and attack. But then as that's happening, the wind shifts and she gets another stronger smell from the south. And I think it's a human. So automatically she's like, oh, that smells good. And she starts running that way. She says there wasn't a choice. It was compulsory. She was like, I'm running after that delicious scent. So she's running off. Obviously, Edward's chasing after her. She's growling back at him just instinctively, but she's going to feel bad about it later that she growled at him. (laughs) So then the wind shifts while she's snarling at Edward and she can no longer smell the humans so strongly. She smells rain and she's like, oh, rain, gross. And then that sort of takes her out of the moment. And she's like, oh, (laughs) here I was about to attack Edward. Whoopsie. And she's like, oh, geez, I got to get out of here. And Edward's like, whoa. He's like super surprised at her restraint. He's like, oh my God, can you? Can you just choose to leave? And she's like, yeah, of course. Because as we've touched on last week, she has super restraint. They said she's going to be a bloodthirsty monster and she's not. Lo and behold, she's fine. So she's like, all right, I better go run back towards that elk. 
So she runs off. Edward catches up to her after a short minute, which, you know, I hate. You know, a minute's a minute. It's not short. It's not long. It's, it's a fucking minute. But no, this is apparently a short minute. I just don't know how she can be so specific, saying it takes her an 84th of a second to jump over a river. But, oh, Edward caught up to me after, I don't know, like, like, like not a minute, but kind of a minute, but shorter than a minute. Like, like shorter than a minute, but like still quite lengthy to not be broken down into like fractions of seconds. Like a minute, but on the, on the shorter side of a minute. You know what I mean? And then she has a thought. She's like, oh my God, Edward just caught up to me, but I was running faster than him before. Because earlier, I think I skipped over it, but she was all gloating that she's like, oh, look at me, I'm running faster than Edward. And now Edward's caught up to her and she's like, wait a minute, were you faking it? Were you letting me win? And it's like, he almost let you kill a human being. Like, (laughs) why are you upset with him lying about how fast he could run? Like lying through omission? Like what's, what's going on here, Bells? What's really the issue? And so she stops to confront him. And he's like, what, what, what's, what you doing? What's wrong? And she says, you let me beat you before, didn't you? And she's like, oh, geez. And he's like, yeah, who cares? The main thing I want to discuss is how you stopped yourself from hunting that human. He's like, how did you do it? And she's like, I don't know, I just did. And he's like, okay. And then she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I snarled at you. And he's like, what the fuck? Why are you apologizing to me? He's so confused right now. And so am I. And he's like, oh my God, I should be apologizing to you. I'm the one that was so careless. I assumed no one would be so far from the walking trails, but I should have checked first. Such a stupid mistake. You have nothing to apologize for. And yet maybe you could have checked that out first, Edward. You can read minds. Uh, You can also hear people's heartbeats and smell people from a long distance. Also, your little friend back at the house she can see the future. If she's less focused on dressing up corpses and putting stilettos on a dead bitch, then maybe she could have seen that there was a human being floating around that almost got killed by Bella. So yeah, you all dropped the ball. You had three days to prepare for this. And I don't think there was any preparation. So yeah, he should be apologizing. But she's like, oh no, but that doesn't matter. She's like, yeah, some, some human almost died. But I growled at you. She's horrified at that. She says, I was horrified that I was physically capable of such blasphemy. Of, of growling at your husband. Okay. Let's see how you feel when he's always leaving the toilet seat up. Then you'll be growling at him. You know what I mean? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about the growling. I just don't understand how you could run away from that human being. And she's like, well, I'm not going to kill someone. <laughs> That'd be crazy of me. She's like, what else could I do? And so then he starts laughing because he's just shocked at her restraint. And she's like, why are you fucking laughing at me? And he's like, I'm not laughing at your bells. I'm laughing because I'm in shock. And I'm in shock because I'm amazed. You know what? I've never laughed from amazement. That's not really a reaction that feels genuine to me, but he's yucking it up because she didn't kill someone. We really narrowly avoided a disaster just then. And we're laughing. And he says, you shouldn't be able to do this. You shouldn't be able to be so rational. You shouldn't be able to stand here discussing things with me calmly and coolly. I don't know if she's calm and cool at all times, but sure. He says, you should not have been able to break off mid-hunt with the scent of human blood in the air. Even mature vampires have difficulty with that. He says, Bella, you're behaving like you're decades rather than days old. And she's like, oh yeah, well. She just assumes because she knew she was going to become a vampire, she had time to prepare. And that's why she's just remarkable. And instead of being like proud of herself or even like contemplating what just happened, she's just thinking, God, that Edward's fallen. 
She's looking up at his face as he's talking and she's not listening to a word he's saying. She's just looking at his lips and thinking, I want a piece of that. And she says, I thought I wouldn't feel this way for a long time, but I still want you. And she starts touching his face and he's like, what? He's like, here and now in the forest near Esme's favorite tree? He says, how can you even concentrate on that? Aren't you unbearably thirsty? And she's like, yeah, I am, but not just for blood. You know what I mean? And then she's like, oh, well, I am thirsty. I am, I am. But she's also horny. So she's really battling hunger and horniness, which, oh, I've been down that path before, Bella. I know how it feels. To be hungry and horny at the same time, there's nothing worse. So Edward's like, yeah, cool. I'll jump your bones later. Let's get you to hunting. Come on. This is what we're here for. So they're climbing through the forest, blah, blah, blah. We've got to hunt down this elk again. And then they find a mountain lion, which I think it's a mountain lion. She sometimes calls it a cat. She sometimes calls it a lion. It's a mountain lion. Unless there is an actual lion in Washington state, I'd be shocked by that. But I think it's a mountain lion that she's referring to. So she's given up on the easy elk. She's progressed to a mountain lion. She sees it. She preys on it. She pounces. And so the mountain lion starts to fight back, but it's barely a fight, she says. She says his claws could have been caressing fingers for all the impact they had on my skin. She says his teeth could find no purchase against my shoulder or my throat. His weight was nothing. She's just really bragging about how easy it was. So I don't know why we had to start with an easy deer if killing a mountain lion was also just as easy. She says it was effortless as biting into butter. Super fucking easy. And she's not that jazzed on the flavor, but she's like, "Mm, this is good. This is good. Nice blood. It's hot. It's wet. I like it. So then she's fully drained this mountain lion and she's like, "Ugh, get off me. And she throws the carcass off her. And she's like, I'm still thirsty. And then she's looking down at her and she's like, oh, those claws that didn't break my skin. They did rip through my dress. Whoopsie daisy. So I think she's like half naked at this point. And she's also covered in dirt. There's blood all over her hair. (laughs) Her dress is in tatters. And she's like, Edward doesn't usually look like this much of a mess when he comes back from hunting. And he's like, no, no, you're fine. You made a bit of a mess, but you did pretty good. And he says, it goes against the grain, letting you wrestle with lions. I was having an anxiety attack the whole time. God, she's fine. And she's like, that's silly. I'm fine. Meanwhile, again, she was the one that was too afraid to jump out of a window just a little bit earlier. And he's like, old habits die hard. I like the improvements to your dress though, because she's, yeah, got a cooch out and she could have blushed. She says, if I could have blushed, I would have. And she's like, I'm still thirsty. And he's like, well, we're all out of mountain lions, but could I interest you in some deer? And she's like, oh, I guess. And then they have a little convo about how meat eating animals taste better than herbivores. He says, yeah, meat eating animals smell more like humans. So they taste better. And she's like, cool. And then Edward makes, I don't know, a a pretty ill-conceived joke, in my opinion. He says, well, whoever it was out there, referring to the guy that Bella almost hunted down, if they were men, they probably wouldn't even mind death if you were the one delivering it. Like, I think he's trying to compliment her on looking hot in her, like, half-dress. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe they still would have minded if she killed them, even if she did look hot or not. And also just because they're men doesn't mean that they identify as someone who's attracted to a woman. You know, gay people exist. How about that? He says, in fact, they would think they were already dead and gone to heaven the moment they saw you. Like, excuse me? 
this pale ass bitch coming out of the woods with a tattered dress, dirt in her hair and like mud on her shins and blood all over her face. Oh yeah, they would have died and gone to heaven. No, they would have shut their pants if they'd seen her. I think he's just trying to call her hot. This is weird foreplay. And she's like, haha, um, let's go and hunt some stinking herbivores. So they find a herd of deer to eat and she's like, mm, not as good as the lion. And then the like foreplay that's happening gets even weirder because then she's watching him kill some deer and she's like, oh, cause he's doing it perfectly. Not a hair out of place. And she's like, hey, fine. She says, I doubted that even my human eyes would have missed the beauty here. It was a surprisingly sensual experience to observe Edward hunting. What? She's getting turned on by him killing deer? Oh, a, a mountain lion's an aphrodisiac? What is going on? She says, his full lips were perfect as they parted gracefully over his gleaming teeth. As he tore into a deer's neck, like, I'm sorry, that's not a turn on. She says, he was glorious. I felt a sudden jolt of both pride and desire. He was mine. Nothing could ever separate him from me now. I was too strong to be torn from his side. Yeah, I've never gotten that jazzed looking at a partner ripping into an animal. But now it's done the trick for her. She's ready to go. That primed the pump real good. So then he looks at her and he's like, oh, you're done? And she's like, you distracted me. And she's like, oh, you were so sexy when you killed that animal. She says, you're much better at it than I am. And he says, well, I've had centuries of practice, which I think is a lie. I think he's only been a vampire for like a hundred years. So he's had like one century of practice. I don't, I don't think he's had centuries. So then he's like, cool. Um, do you want to keep hunting or are you done for the day? And she's like, I'm done. When I think she wants to go home and jump his bones. Oh, actually she wants to go see that kid that she just gave birth to. She's like, oh, I feel in control. She's thinking if I could resist totally human strangers, wouldn't I be able to handle the werewolf and a half vampire child that I loved? So she's completely confident in her own abilities. Even though she was running to kill that guy. She did get so caught up in that human scent that she was instinctively hunting that person down. And the only thing that really stopped her was the fact that she snarled at her husband. That's what gave her pause. She didn't stop straight away because she was like, oh, this is morally wrong. She was like, oh no, I hurt Edward's feelings because I growled at him. But now she's like, yeah, I can put my my best friend and my baby at risk. Sure, why not? I just had a mountain lion and an elk. I'm good. So she says to him, I want to go see little baby rhinoceros. And he's like, uh, okay. He doesn't say anything just yet. He grabs her hand, I think trying to distract her. And then she starts stroking his face again. And she's thinking about how horned up she is because he's so good at killing deer. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. I was just asking about seeing my baby. Stop distracting me, Edward. But then they start making out. So she is getting distracted. And she says, my lips no longer shaped themselves around his. They held their own because she's not kissing a vampire when she's a human. They're both vampires. You know, this is kind of obvious, but she's detailing it at length for us. And then she's like, geez, I love him. She's like, gotta love him. She says, my old mind, because you know, her human mind was so crap. She says, my old mind hadn't been capable of holding this much love. My old heart had not been strong enough to bear it. And then she starts thinking that her superpower is that she can love him so much. (laughs) What? She says, maybe this was the part of me that I'd brought forward to be intensified in my new life. 
like Carlyle's compassion and Esme's devotion. Are they their special skills? Is that canon that Carlyle's just got super compassion and Esme's got super devotion? <laughs> I don't know. I think they got gypped. I'd rather have a power like Alice's or Edward's. Imagine just going around the circle saying what all their special powers are. Talking to the Volturi who all have special powers and they're like, yeah, well, I, I'm super compassionate. <laughs> I'm super devoted. They'd be like, ah, that doesn't count. So she thinks she's just like them. She doesn't have a power. She's got super love for Edward. She says, maybe I would just love Edward more than anyone in the history of the world has ever loved anyone else. And I could live with that. That seems kind of narcissistic to me as well. You're just assuming that you love him more than anyone has ever loved anyone else in the whole entire world. That's kind of self-centered. That's kind of self-centered. So while she's thinking that they're making out and she's kissing him back so hard that they fall over. She's like, I'm sorry about that. And then he's like, didn't you just ask to go see the baby? And she's like, oh yeah, that old thing. And meanwhile, she's pretty much naked as well. Remember, I think, I think they're boning in the forest. Stephanie Meyer doesn't say as much, but they've just kissed. They've fallen over. She's half naked. She's talking about skin on skin. I think they had a quick bone session, but then the memory of Renesmee comes in and she's like, oh yeah, that. And so she's like, all right, better go see the old kid. And that's the end of the chapter with them deciding to go and see their child, which I think is completely irresponsible. Give her a few more days to adjust to being a vampire when she did almost try and kill someone just then. Uh, And yeah, she's got remarkable restraint, but also why risk it? You just had her jumping out of a window to avoid walking down the stairs and catching a whiff of her. And now you're going to have a sit down? I don't know. So let's leave that there. Um, I would encourage you all, if interested, to go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash books and get in on the Allegiant recaps. What a mess of a book. It's making this book read like war and peace. Every chapter, there's a new revelation in Allegiant and it just makes less sense but it's been super fun to read. So you can head over there. And again, if you haven't left a review or a rating, please do so because it's, it's, you know, really good for the pod. It's great. I appreciate it. Oh, and one thing I wanted to discuss, I was browsing the Twilight subreddit the other day and I saw people (laughs) complaining about that trend where people refer to Renesmee as other things starting with R. You know, I sometimes do that. Uh, I find it funny but apparently it could be super offensive to this fictional characters. <laughs> Listen to this. Someone said, I personally refer to her as either Renesmee or Nessie. At the start of the whole joke with people calling Renesmee any R word they can think of was funny. Now it's just annoying. And it also doesn't make sense. Okay, so Renesmee is an odd name. Why not call her Nessie? That's her nickname. Or even Carly, that's her middle name. That would have made a whole lot more sense than Renaissance or Renegade or whatever random R word you can think of. Yes, this is a fictional character. But imagine if Renesmee was a real person. (laughs) This person's so pressed. Imagine if she was a real person and she went to school and people refused to call her by her name or her nickname and instead called her any random R word they can think of. First of all, that's bullying. (laughs) And I imagine would be quite upsetting to Renesmee. And two, It's also highly disrespectful. I imagine if people were constantly doing this to her, she'd go home to her family crying. 
And when her Uncle Emma and Uncle Jasper find out that people have been disrespecting their sweet little niece, you best believe they will be coming down to that school. One look at those two and people's attitudes towards Renesmee's name would change quickly. Not to mention Bella's fury when she finds out people have been causing her daughter distress. Believe me, Mama Bear Bella will come out and Edward would be absolutely furious as well. I wouldn't want to cross him either. Also, <laughs> they're still going. I, surely this must be a bit. I couldn't believe it when I read this. Also, Renesmee's name has significance. Bella named her after the two most important women in hers and Edward's lives, Renee and Esme. It's important to Bella that people call her daughter by her name. Do I think Renesme is an odd name? Yes. However, I love the sentiment behind the name. I also think it would have been nice to name her Elizabeth after Edward's human mum, who has been paid dust. Though I understand why they include Esme in her name. Esme has been a significant maternal figure to both Edward and Bella, and she loves them both with all her heart. She deserves to be included. And so then someone else responded to this person and said, it's not real. (laughs) And they go, yes, I know it's not real. I know she's a fictional character. I also can't imagine that Stephanie is thrilled that people are making jokes and mocking her character's name. At the beginning, she probably would have gotten a laugh out of it. But I think at this point it's overdone. And it's getting to the point of being disrespectful to Stephanie as the creator of this series. Like I said, I know this is not real. I know that Renesmee is a fictional character, but imagine if she was a real person. Just imagine that, guys. Sorry. Fuck me, the people on the internet. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty confident the person who wrote that's not listening to this podcast of all podcasts, but oh my God, if you are, take a chill pill. <laughs> Having said that, though, this is an opportunity for feedback. So if I have annoyed anybody, um, if anyone else thinks it's bullying for me to keep up this recurring joke, please let me know. Uh, I, I wouldn't want those fictional characters being mad at me. So reach out to me if I've struck a nerve. <laughs> if you've seen any other crazy people on the internet saying random shit, send it through to me because I find it hilarious. All right, see you guys next week. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. 